working on a cancer treatment and cure. And I thought that you guys would like to hear it. So yeah, let's just jump right in. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. How are you? I'm good. So I'm just going to jump right into questions. So have or can you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Molly Perkins. I have a PhD um, and I work in biotech as a scientist in cancer immunotherapy. So can you please get into some more specifics of that? So what exactly do you do? Um, so I am just at a brand new company that is starting up. Um, so at the moment, I do a lot of different things, but it's all focused around how we build a company that can do really good science to make new medicines uh, for cancer and then for other genetic diseases. So you're the founder, right? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm on the founding team. Uh, there are about five of us who are working to get this company started. Um, so I didn't invent the original technology. That was a professor that we work really closely with. Um, and, but I'm one of the, the two founding employees who are helping build the company uh, and start to hire other people so, and get lab space, get the money to do the work um, and start to make the partnerships that we'll need to, to put this product into patients and see if it cures cancer. So did you work on a vaccine of like for COVID? No, so I didn't work on any of the vaccines that are being tested. Um, I'm an immunologist, so I'm the right kind of scientist. Um, and I worked with a lot of the people in my past lives. Um, I've worked in a lot of different places and I worked with a lot of people who have worked on these vaccines, but I didn't do any work on vaccines myself. I've been focused on cancer for the last six years. Oh, okay. So do you like what you do? I do, I love it. I feel really lucky to, to get to have the job that I do. So I heard you mention that you work on a, you're, you're trying to work on a cure for like cancer. So um, is it for a particular type of cancer? Um, yeah, so I can't talk about the stuff that I'm working on right this moment um, in very much detail. I can't even tell you the name of my new company um, oh. because we're at such an early stage that we're not we're not talking about all the details yet. Um, but I can tell you about the work on cancer that I did in one of my previous jobs um, because a lot of that has already made the news um, and is something that I can talk about. So I worked uh, for several years on treatments for multiple myeloma, which is a bone marrow cancer. Um, and so I worked on a couple of different uh, T-cell products. I don't know how much you know about the immune system, um, but because of COVID, lots of people are learning a lot more about how your body fights things. Um, and so you have T-cells inside your body uh, that recognize and kill either foreign things like viruses and bacteria, um, or they can recognize and kill cancer. Um, and CAR T-cells are a kind of therapy that basically you take somebody's killer T-cells and you add in a new protein they don't have that allows them to find and recognize cancer. And so the, the T-cells that I was making uh, 
find and recognize multiple myeloma cells. Um, and so I've gotten to work on a couple of different things uh, that find and recognize multiple myeloma, the cancer cells. And when you put those cells back into patients, it really helps some of them and gets rid of a lot of the tumor. Um, it seems like the COVID vaccine came along in around nine months. So how come there isn't, how come it isn't um, so quick for cancer? Because I feel like there should be equal effort put into both. Yeah, so uh, this question gets asked a lot about both cancer and about HIV, which is something I used to work on. Um, and I can tell you that actually one of the reasons this vaccine came along so quickly is because people have been working for so many years on cancer vaccines, on HIV vaccines, on other really hard projects. Um, and I think there are a lot of different things that make each of those problems hard. Uh, but essentially, we got really good at making vaccines because we were trying on those really, really hard problems. And since COVID is a huge problem, but not necessarily the hardest problem we've ever faced, it was something that scientists already knew how to do and could really quickly leap into action. Um, so I actually, I know a lot of the people who worked on a bunch of the different vaccines. And I studied HIV vaccines, a lot of my colleagues studied HIV vaccines at the Vaccine Research Center at NIH, which is where the COVID vaccine uh, that Moderna made came from. And those people have been focused on how to make good vaccines for a lot of different viruses for a long time. And that's why they were so quick to be able to make a vaccine. And BioNTech, the uh, vaccine, the company that made the vaccine uh, that Pfizer is distributing, um, that people are calling the Pfizer vaccine. They actually work in cancer vaccines as well. Um, and they're really good at making those kinds of vaccines, partly because they've been practicing for years and years and years, trying really hard to make cancer vaccines. The problem with both cancer and HIV, which makes them much, much harder than COVID is so far, and we don't know how COVID will look five years from now, um, is that they mutate very rapidly. So there's a lot of variation. And so it's not enough for your immune system to recognize one version. Your immune system has to be able to recognize lots of versions. And then in addition, cancer, because it's made of your own cells, is a difficult thing for your immune system to recognize as something that it should fight. Cancer looks kind of like your healthy cells and not something that you should be trying to kill. And so it can be really hard to activate the immune system to recognize cancer as being something that it should attack and kill. But COVID looks like something we've never seen before. And so it's very easy to activate the immune system to want to kill it. Lucky for all of us. Right. So has your work been affected by COVID-19? And if so, how? Yeah, I mean, basically the big way that my work has been affected is that it's very hard for people to get together in the same rooms. Um, and so everybody started working from home except when they needed to be inside the lab doing experiments. And the people inside the lab had to start to work really closely together to figure out how to stay apart and how to do everything really safely. Um, so that took a lot of work, especially at the beginning of the, the epidemic. Um, 
and I, people like me who don't work inside the lab, but talk to all the people who work in the lab, had to get used to working from home and just doing everything through the computer. And that was really hard for my team initially, because we always met together. Um, we did almost everything that we did before March face to face. Everything was in person and we just got to talk to each other all day and make plans. And now we have to do all of that through the computer and through the internet. And so it's meant that I had to get much better at technology uh, and people had to learn to communicate in a different way. Um, but all of the people in the lab are really good at being safe. And so there have been very few examples of people really anywhere in the world getting infected through labs um, because people can wear masks, they can stay far apart, and there tends to be very good ventilation inside laboratories because we work with dangerous things. Um, and so that has led to uh, people being able to work safely as long as they just stay far enough apart and there aren't too many people in any one room. So, so we figured it out. Right. So do you ever think about animal vaccines or diseases? Because if cancer is a cell duplicating itself too many times, then couldn't it happen in animals? Yeah. So there are actually uh, examples of animals that get cancer also. Um, there are dogs that get uh, kind of blood cancer, um, leukemia. Um, one of my dogs, when I was growing up, uh, had leukemia, and there are lots of other examples of dogs like her who get leukemia. Um, so some of the medicines that work for human leukemia also work for animals, um, and some of them don't. And so veterinarians are really smart about how to use different kinds of medicines or invent new ones. Um, people have tried using the kinds of medicines that I make, CAR T-cells in dogs, um, but so far it hasn't worked perfectly. It works a little bit, but it doesn't help most of the dogs that they try to help. Do you guys have pets? Oh, yes, actually, I have um, a dog who is a little overweight. I have two cats. Um, one of them is very playful. And the other is pretty calm. That's um, awesome. We don't have any pets inside our house, um, but we, we've been missing them. Uh, but we have pets next door uh, that live with my parents, my kids' grandparents. And so we get to hang out with a dog and a turtle uh, and two rabbits when we go next door. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So did you grow up with pets? I did. We had dogs when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. You mentioned that while you were talking about dog diseases and stuff. And for a while I had a chinchilla, Ooh. which was really fun. They're so soft. <laughs> So what is it like starting your own business? Like, has it disrupted your um, research since you probably spent a lot of time working on it? Yeah, so it's one of the hardest parts, you know, to start a new business. Basically, I had to leave my old job because um, I got so excited about the thing that I'm going to be working on. Um, but first I had to learn all about it and we had to, uh, you know, find the right people and then get money and then get lab space. So now we're renting a lab starting at the beginning of January. Um, and so we'll finally have space to do the experiments again. Um, but for the last couple of months, we've been working on this company and we haven't had a lab to work on it in. And that's been really hard for me because this is the longest amount of time, basically not having anybody doing experiments, not having any new data 
um, or getting to see the results of new experiments, um, basically since I started doing science. Uh, I've sort of always had new information coming in uh, that I got to learn about, but because it's so small and we're just starting out, we aren't making any new information right this moment. Uh, it's only the professors that we work with who are the founders, uh, the scientific founders of the company that basically are, are making new data right now. Um, so hopefully in January, I will feel a lot happier that I actually get to learn new things again. Yeah. So do you have um, like a guess on the timing of when something like your, like a cure or a treatment you're working on will be available to people that have cancer? Yeah, so uh, when we're trying to develop new medicines, uh, basically there are sort of three steps. There's the step where we're trying to invent it in the lab which is the step that my company is in right now. Um, and then there's the step where we're testing it in people, but most people can't get it. It's only in clinical trials, um, which you know about because of the COVID vaccine. Our clinical trials tend to be much smaller. So you only treat a very small number of patients, uh, you know, in the dozens or hundreds, um, but not thousands or tens of thousands of people with these kinds of treatments. And then, if the treatment works, then you can get approved to actually make it for any patient who needs it and you know, sell it as an actual product that's available on the market. Um, and so those two steps tend to be pretty far apart. Um, but for the first treatment uh, that I worked on, basically the lab part of it took about a year until we were able to be ready to start treating patients. Then we did several years of clinical trials um, and then hopefully it will be approved uh, as a medicine uh, in 2021. Okay, so I remember, so you've just said that you worked on something else before you started working on this. What, what were you working on? Um, I've worked on a bunch of different stuff, but the two biggest things that I have worked on were both treatments for multiple myeloma, um, where we invented a receptor that would let T cells kill myeloma cancer cells. So has all of your work been about cancer or? It has for the last six years. I've worked only on cancer for the last six years. Um, but before that, I actually worked on a lot of different viruses, not COVID because COVID didn't really exist in humans by, back then. Uh, but I've worked on lots and lots of different viruses, some that you may have heard of and some that you probably haven't. Bless you. Thank you. So what do you mean by receptor? Hmm. Um, so your cells, I describe them as kind of like a ball of liquid, um, mm -hmm. almost like a balloon. They have this kind of oily layer on the outside that keeps them separate from all the other liquid. But they're actually not smooth the way that a balloon is. They have all of these spiky things on the outside that let them bump into other cells and talk to them, essentially. And so the proteins on the outside of a cell are called receptors. Um, and basically, they let the cell both give and receive information and do the various jobs that it needs to do. So figuring out how to go different places in your body, if it's in your blood, how does it know that it should go to your brain or to your intestines or wherever you might be sick? Um, and so, yeah, a receptor is basically just a word for something that's sticking out of the cell uh, that can convey information back and forth and help the cell do its job.
Right. So do you think because of this, um, like, health crisis, we will have more scientists that go into, like, your field of work for things like COVID or just any diseases? Or I think so. Um, I should ask you that question because obviously, you know, kids like you are the ones who are deciding what sounds fun to do. But certainly, you know, I think it's something that gets people really excited about the possibility of science and especially the possibility of medicine. I hope we'll have a lot more doctors because of this. Because um, doctors and nurses and all kinds of different medical professionals are the ones who are really saving lives right this moment. Um, but it's also a really good time to be a scientist and to discover new things to try to help with big problems that are facing us as humans. So there's there's a lot of different good work that can be done, um, but studying science is a really good way to, to get started in, in helping make the world better. Right, so what is, um, how did you raise the money to start your business? So the business that we were starting, uh, actually the idea to start it came to me from uh, a venture capital company. I know you have focused, you've talked to people in finance um, and your dad knows a lot about this stuff. Um, so you've probably heard of venture capital, um, but basically uh, there's a company called Venrock, which is a venture capital company. And they were excited to spin out this company um, and kind of make a new company out of the technology that came from our scientific founders. And so I actually got a call from somebody at Venrock asking whether I would be interested in talking to them about this company. And that's how I got involved in it. And the more I learned, the more excited I was about the technology um, and really the scientific founders and the, the venture company uh, were looking for people who knew about drug development, um, how to make new medicines, what it takes to go from a scientific idea to a new medicine. Um, and so, uh, my boss, the chief scientific officer of our new company, um, and me had worked together before and uh, were excited to try to take the things that we already know about making new medicines and try to make new medicines that are different from anything that's ever been invented before. Mm -hmm. So you said that before six years ago, you worked on um, viruses, like, mm -hmm. did you work on relatively new viruses, like things like COVID except for that time, so relatively new ones? Or did you um, work on ones that were, or that have been around for a while? It's a really good question. Um, the answer is, it. there's a wide variety. So I worked on a couple of different viruses. Um, one of them was HIV, which is relatively new uh, as a human virus. Um, it's been in monkeys for a long time or non-human primates, um, but only relatively recently came into humans within you know, the last hundred years. Um, whereas the other virus that I spent a lot of time on uh, when I was a PhD student uh, was a really, really old human virus that has been in humans for so long that actually most people who are infected don't even know they're infected because they don't get sick at all. Um, and so that is, it's called GB virus C, um, which is not a great name. The first person that they ever isolated it from, his initials were GB. I don't know his name, but his first name started with a G, his last name started with a B. Um, and it was the third virus that they found when they were looking for what virus he might have, um, which is why it's called C. There was an A, a B, and then a C. 
Um, and so they found this virus, uh, but nobody has been able to figure out what it does yet in terms of how it might make you sick. They've looked in lots and lots of people and there are tons of people who have it, but nobody seems to get sick from it. It's just there. Um, and so that's really interesting uh, because we're still learning a lot about all the different viruses that exist in the world, because for good reason, we pay a lot of attention to the ones that make us sick. Um, but that one actually seems to just kind of be there um, and is, is actively copying itself inside people's bodies, but not in a way that you would ever notice or feel. So do most viruses or even all viruses like COVID come from animals? Oh, that's a great question. Um, probably, uh, it depends a little bit on your definitions, right? Because as you know, viruses kind of change over time and look like other things. So most of the viruses that we pay attention to come from other animals into us, the specific strains at least. Um, but also once you have multiple viruses inside a human, they can combined together to make a new virus. And so that can actually happen inside a person. And so it's kind of a new human virus that wasn't ever in an animal. It sort of was created inside a person. So for instance, uh, for if you get very unlucky with influenza, you could have a couple of different influenza viruses uh, inside the same person at the same time. This happens a lot with animals. It could also happen in humans um, to make kind of a new strain of flu that has never existed before and never existed in any animal. Right, that makes sense, I think. Okay, so now, um, sorry that I'm jumping around so much, but I'm going to uh, go back to what question, uh, about, to questions about your company. Great. So, will you do um, more or less research even though you're like a co-founder so you'll have a lot to do already? Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of things that I had never done before as part of starting this company, including trying to help come up with a name and come up with a logo, all of these things that I had never had to work on before at companies that, that already existed. Um, but a lot of my job looks about the same um, where basically we're trying to figure out what science do we need to do? Who do we need to hire in order to do the experiments that we need to do? And then how do we, you know, kind of figure out what all of it means? Um, and so figuring out essentially kind of that process of what work do we need to do and who, who do we need to hire uh, and how do they need to work together in order to get it done feels a lot like previous jobs that I've had just with very, very few people to start with. Um, so only a few scientists as compared to a bunch of scientists at some of the previous companies that we worked with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty similar uh, in a lot of ways to be, to be trying to come up with new scientific plans to answer questions. So most of your job will be the same is what I'm yeah. taking from yep. that to help manage a group of people who are all working on similar things. Um, but I actually found it really fun. And so that's why I've continued to do that, uh, to basically manage people who are all doing the scientific lab work um, and try to help them do a good job of it um, rather than do it myself. That's um, interesting, but 
I've, I feel like I've taken a lot of your time, so. I really I'll, enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed talking to you too. Uh, uh, maybe I'll interview you like next season of the podcast. That sounds great. Hopefully I'll have really exciting stories to tell about all the cool stuff we've done at our new company. Hopefully. And hopefully we'll get to meet in person after COVID has mostly been controlled by a vaccine. Right. All right. It was nice talking to you. Have a great day. Thanks. Nice talking to you too. Okay. Bye. And tell your parents I say bye also. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Miss Perkins. That was really fun. So I was glad I was able to talk to you and that was a really interesting interview. I'm pretty sure everyone out there who's listening will enjoy it a lot. And yeah, I hope to talk to you soon. Well, that's about all I have to say today. So I'll see you next time on the Kai Guy Show.